Hey guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Whiteley. And, and joining me today, uh, which I, I'm so happy about, by the way, because I've been wanting to do this for a long time, is it, Kevin and Catherine from Age UK. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome, yeah. Alex. Um, I've got to explain that the reason um, why I, I've always wanted to speak to you guys um, is because I feel like the Shrewsbury Biscuit can offer a lot to, to the elderly uh, and to people that are stuck at home can't get out anywhere um and you know there's only so much um uh, uh, daytime tv you can watch before you go insane right <laughs> uh, so i mean uh the, the podcast helped me just listening to them on the whole because like when you were home alone um just having that voice in the background just something going on um information that you, you're not necessarily listening to but you absorb in either way um and obviously this show being shrewsbury based is an audio magazine what a better way to let the the elderly folks or the people that can't get out know what's going on in our town so you guys are, are the perfect choice for us to get to know so thank you Excellent. yeah um so we're going to be talking about age uk sort of um are you guys are you guys just local to shropshire or is this a a, a uk thing so um, Age UK as a charity is um, is an interesting one uh, because um, we have a national charity which is which is called Age UK, um, and then there's a network of local charities. So we're Age UK Shropshire, Telford, and Rekin. You've got Age UK Birmingham, Age UK Manchester, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so it's a kind of confederated system, if you like. Um, the I guess the key thing for us is that we are a local charity. We are separately registered with the Charity Commission. Uh, All of our funding is raised and spent locally. Um, And so although we have the benefit of being linked to the national charity, which is really useful, actually, because we get loads of stuff from them in terms of up-to-date information and advice and so on, um, the key thing for us is that we're local. We've been local for a long time. We understand the local issues. We've got really excellent local relationships. Um, so I, I, I always say that we've got the best of both worlds. We're a local charity, but we've also got the benefit of the backup of the national charity, which gives us extra resources, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. That, that's refreshing to hear because, you know, when it comes to, like, uh, I don't want to call a, a, chari- a big charity company a chain, but you know what I mean, uh, big companies – huge companies that have a big backing, big financial backing, or that, you know, they've got the strength of being a big company. When the dominoes sort of fall, it can be quite difficult if you're attached to that. But you guys have got your own little bit pots of money and you operate by yourself. So that's actually really refreshing to hear. Mm. Yeah. I think also, Alex, you know, if, if, you're, if you're donating to Age UK, Shropshire, Telford and Rekin, you can be reassured that that money is being spent locally to support older people in, in your community. At the end of the day, that and that's quite that's quite a powerful message, I think, um, particularly during this current crisis. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And what, what about your clientele then? Because um, <clears throat> I, I was I, I was meant to come and drop some some posters off to you guys because um, I thought it'd be great just to get wherever you guys operate to get uh, get the name out. You know, you can listen to the Shoes of Biscuit for free, and you know, it can make your day a bit a bit better an hour at a time. I don't know. Um, but where do you guys operate? Is it nursing homes, or is it just people in their homes uh, locally? Uh, right. Okay. So um, we don't operate in nursing homes. So okay. 
do you want me to talk a bit about what we do there, Alex? I mean, should I just give you, should I give yes. you a quick sort of, a you quick sort you. of, um, yeah. a bit scat around the, about around the organisation? So yeah, we, I suppose, okay, keep it simple. I guess as a charity, as a local charity, we've got three main functions, okay? So we, we provide services, and I'll say a bit more about that in a moment. We provide information and advice to all the people, and we do campaigning on behalf of all the people. So those are the three main functions of, you know, that we you know, that we see ourselves as, as, as delivering. In terms of services, um, like I said earlier, the footprint is the whole of Shropshire, Telford and Rekin. Um, we, run, um, we run day centres. I mean, all of this is, I'm going to preface all of this with, this was pre-COVID, <laughs> okay? Yeah, uh, so this is what we were doing before COVID happened, and it's what we will be doing again when we get through this pandemic. So just, just bear that in mind. But we run day centres, so we've got 40-odd day centres around, around the county. They are social day centres run by volunteers, um, very much uh, part of their local communities, tend to meet once a week for you know, up to sort of four hours, and the members get a meal, they get entertainment, they get exercise classes and so on and so forth. And we know that the average age of the members of those day centres tends to be in the upper reaches of the 80s, so 85 plus. And for a lot of the, a lot of the day centre members, going to the day centre is the only social activity they will do each week. So really important, you know, really important function, I guess. What else do we do? We do befriending. So we, we have a team of volunteers who visit people in their homes, people who tend to be isolated and or lonely. The two things are different. Um, we've got well over 250 volunteers across the patch um, who visit older people in their own homes. Again, that tends to be weekly, um, providing a real lifeline to people who tend not to be able to get out of the house so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we run a whole range of classes, so live, what we call our living well classes, so exercise groups, walking groups, we, we, we support a walking football club, we have reading groups, we have craft groups, we recently started doing adult ballet, um, who knew that adult ballet was a thing, I was, the most, I was the most cynical person in the world when the idea was first presented to me, and I have to eat humble pie because it's been hugely successful. Um, and we've now got a couple of classes in Shropshire and a couple in Telford. That's been brilliant. So a whole range of things that are around well-being, you know, mental and physical health, um, and keeping again people keeping pe- keeping people connected. That's the that's the key thing here. Um, what else do we do? We also um, we have a, a big information and advice service. Okay, so we have we provide advice um, to people who are claiming benefits. Um, again, a, t- a mixed team of staff and volunteers, um, expert expert volunteers and expert staff. We have a team of advocates, again, some paid, some voluntary, um, and they will advocate on behalf of all the people. That could be for anything. It could be a dispute with a neighbour. It could be a dis- it could be a problem with a utility company. It might be something about you know, about access to care. You name it, you know, we will have covered it at some points with our, our, our advocacy and, uh, and benefits team. Um, and then our biggest service that we run is our help at home service, which is, uh, um, again, like it says on the tin, it's about providing support to people in their own homes. And that's domestic support, shopping, uh, window cleaning, walking the dog, et cetera, et cetera. Huge service supporting about 1,200 older people, I guess. Um, so that's, that's the, that's, that gives you 
I was going to say that's in a nutshell. It's a rather large nutshell. I was going to say. <laughs> this is a coconut shell. That's the whole tree. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's blown my mind that you guys offer so much. You do so much. I've probably, missed, I've probably missed some stuff as well, but that's off the top of my head. I think that's everything. I think I think you got everything there, Kev. I think I think the, the important thing to remember is it's it's a wraparound service that we offer mm. as well. And actually, you know, there's a lot of people that we're supporting who don't have family living locally. Yeah. So um, they do tend to turn turn to us for that help and support, and we can provide that backup for the family who who live away from Shropshire. At the end of the day, and I know that Kev's help at home team are in regular contact with with the um, family members so that there is a a reference point there if you like if there are any concerns Um, and now when it comes to to, to covid and and the things that have happened um, obviously this is your 70th birthday this year now in the last 70 years there have been multiple problems (laughs) in society (laughs) where you guys have had to adapt to I, I imagine um so I guess, I mean, COVID, nobody's prepared for COVID. Nobody knows how to deal with it. But I guess in the history of, of Age UK, you've had to deal with situations where it's been difficult, you know, the war, et cetera. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, Catherine and I weren't around during the war, Alex. No, 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 no. So <laughs> it's got to be difficult, it's difficult got to-, to talk about that. <laughs> You know, there's there's got to be there's got to be people out there that have, that kind of is documented kind of how you guys have had to, to adapt to things over the years. I mean, the history of Age UK is is I guess is an interesting one because it started off in 1950. It was originally called um, the Older oh. People's Welfare Committee. Mm. Yeah, uh, and then and, and it, 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 these were all set up post-war. Um, with so, the sole intention of supporting older people who had survived the wars, that was that was it. Um, and we were you know, obviously in Shropshire. There were lots of older people's welfare committees. There was, you know, there were lots of very small ones around the county. And then over the years, you know, they got they became, I guess, consolidated into what was then called Age Concern. Um, and Age Concern um, was a, again a relatively small organisation in Shropshire, and. A, you know, back in the sort of eighties and nineties, it was actually part of Shropshire Council, and um, we actually had our offices in Shire Hall. And then, in the mid, sort of early mid nineties, the charity broke away and stood, stood by itself. And then, I guess the big, the biggest change was about ten years ago when, um, and, and, and listeners will remember this. There used to be Age Concern. There used to be Help the Aged, two massive charities who combined, say, about ten years back to form. Age UK, um, and, and that was the point at which you know I think we started to see real growth in our local charity. You know, we uh, and and yeah, there's no comparison. You look back at the number of staff that we had back in the '90s; it was you know, a small handful, and now we've got 250 staff, I suppose. Uh, turnover of over two and a half million. Um, you know, so I mean, we've grown like you know we've grown beyond all recognition compared to where we were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. But still doing the same stuff and doing more of it, and you know, and, and I guess that will be the case going forward because, as we all know, you know, the population is a, an aging population generally in Britain, um, not just in Shropshire, um, and you know, with with aging comes not always, but, you know, with you know, with aging comes ill health, comes dementia, comes you know problems. Um, so, so we feel that we've got a really important role to play. Um, always have done, and I think always will do. And you know, there's 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 always going to be old people, right? There's always going to be people that's going yeah. to need services like this. It's something you're never going to run out of. Um, yeah. And and I guess 
with Age UK uh, and services that can keep these people at home rather than going into a nursing home <clears throat> is a, a vital importance, right? So it's, because it's in, that independence is really important to people, isn't it? It's absolutely crucial, and, um, and 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 it's it's not just of interest to you know, to the, to the person themselves. It's also of interest to the NHS. It's also of interest to local authorities because you know clearly the more we can keep people at home independent, the less resources are being used by the statutory services to keep people you know to keep people safe um you know we work very closely with the nhs i mean one of the teams i did forget to mention in my little roundup earlier on was that we've got a team of staff who work with gp practices who work with local nhs teams and their sole purpose is to pick up people who don't really need uh, a kind of medical intervention as such but but perhaps turn up at their GP because they've got nowhere else to go. And our team can then pick those people up. They've got a fantastic knowledge of other services in the voluntary sector elsewhere in their communities, and they can keep those people out of healthcare, yeah. if that makes, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes- so that care navigation team is a really, really important function as well that, um, that, you know, that works in, you know, hand in hand with, uh, with the NHS. Yeah, I think you guys do an amazing job, and and you know you got you guys got some, in the in Shropshire, Mitch Shrewsbury, obviously, you have the unique um, problem of the river, right? Because the river causes so much problems, especially um, beginning of this year. Um, how does that affect you guys? Because there must be people that have been stranded, uh, you know, flooded, and terrible, terrible situation. Does that affect you guys a lot? Catherine, do you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you how it did affect us. Our office is on Mardle, and, yeah. and we and for for several days we watched the river getting ever closer to the front door. <laughs> you look at yeah. Mardle, you think nah, the water will never go up this far. It'll oh. never. And what it did, yeah, yeah. I mean, it came perilous, perilously close this time. Oh. I mean, I guess. Sorry, Catherine, go on. We did no, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, we we had the, the really bad floods, um, and we were able to respond for requests for help and work with our partners i think uh, we have a very good close relationship with, with uh, shropshire fire and rescue um the local authority so it's working with those organizations we're, we're in a quite strong position in that respect um to ensure that whatever help older people need that we if we can't help them directly then we certainly know somebody who can so yeah we, we did have some calls that we had to deal with during the flooding and then of course we were straight into covid um and that's been a, a real challenging time for us um but we've i have to say we adapted very very quickly um nice our services yeah to, to support older people it's it's been an interesting time and and i mean kev will tell you, you know the, the staff the volunteers everybody just been amazing um ultimately older people have always been at the forefront of our minds and it's how best can we continue to support older people during this this crisis so I can talk about what we did in terms of we launched a COVID emergency response appeal obviously our donations have been down this isn't unique to AGK Shropshire Health and Rican charities across the board are are suffering um, and we needed to launch an appeal very very quickly to raise those funds and we've had fantastic support from individual donors from local trusts and foundations who have wanted to support older people in their communities. Um, so in that respect, I'm very, very grateful that we've had that, that level of support. But Kev can tell you a little bit more about, about how we responded quickly with adapting our services, if you like. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Um, <coughs> because I'm because I'm old, I, I've, <laughs> I've been I've been around a bit. You know, I've been around a few years, and uh, you know, um, as you said yourself, Alex, earlier, nobody, well, very few of us have been through anything like this before. I mean, this is you know, this is a, this is a unique challenge. Um, but I can honestly say I have never been more proud of the organisation that I work for um, than I have been in the past six months. And I know that sounds a bit cheesy, but I mean it. It was the response was remarkable. And mm. within days of, you know, the, the initial early signs that things were going to be, you know, things were going to be changing very rapidly, Everybody just mucked in. We changed our service delivery more or less overnight um, because obviously, you know, with lockdown, things like day centres had to stop. Things like all of our classes had to stop. Visiting people in their home, you know, volunteers visiting people as befrienders had to stop. So, you know, when you think about what we, you know, the core, our core business, if you like, Almost overnight, that was that was mm. that was stopped and had to change. And so, what happened was everyone just mucked in and found different ways of doing it. Now, obviously, a lot of that has been telephone support. So, we have put in place absolutely, I mean, literally thousands of hours of telephone support over the course of the last six months um, to make sure that the people who were either going to a day centre or going to a group, going to a dementia support group. Uh, getting a volunteer just to make sure that nobody was left behind nobody felt that they were abandoned and um, and that has been the most remarkable um, effort by both the team at Marl Gardens and in Telford um, but also our volunteers who have been absolutely honestly they've been extraordinary mm. um, and they just got on with it and um, you know we've we've more recently, we've tried to, you know, as, as COVID, as the first phase of COVID kind of calmed down, um, we've started to look at business recovery and how we can start getting people meeting again, because everyone's desperate to get out. That's the thing. Yeah, and everybody, yeah. you know, people are really fed up with this now. And um, it's all very well having lots of phone calls, but you actually want to meet people, you want to see people, you want that human contact. So we've started to do a bit of planning and delivery of some, some COVID this awful phrase, COVID secure groups, you know, it's dreadful, isn't it? But um, but we, we've done some of that. And then, of course, what we don't know is what's going to happen now in the next six months, because quite clearly there's going to be a second wave. Um, the indications are that the second wave might not be quite as steep as the first one. You know, the spike won't be quite as high, but it could be a bit longer. So, you know, we've done it once, we'll do it again, we'll keep adapting but the key thing to say is that you know we nobody will be left out. We will make sure that all of our clients are supported one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And we've been using things like Zoom. You know, I mean, who, yeah. you know, who, who yeah. knew that Zoom would become a thing? You know, and um, my colleague, sorry, Catherine, my colleague Emma, who runs our dementia services. I mean, she's set up some brilliant dementia support groups via Zoom, mm-hmm. which for carers of people living with dementia has been a real lifeline. Um, huge success and so we can do lots more of that um zoom was yeah. a, an interesting thing because obviously we've always always had this technology 
Mm. What was that Skype or Zoom? Always. Mm. Well, you know what I mean? It's been around for a long time. But Zoom are kind of like, yeah, let's let's simplify it. Let's make yeah. it so that you can watch videos whilst talking to people. You know, it was just like a, a real great innovation that everybody's sort of adapted to. And adapting, uh, adapting and, and adaption is, is a really important word because mm. we have spoken to so many charities. I was just listing them now, uh, just over the thing. And this isn't even all of them. Um, the Shrewsbury Town, the community we've spoken to, the Prince Rupert, obviously we haven't spoken to, but they did that amazing thing where they they they, they housed all the homeless people fantastic fantastic, <clears throat> fantastic. Yeah. it was amazing yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the royal british legion straight away bam we're going to do something uh, uh virtual uh they, yeah. they uh, dog aid dog aid amazing because they, they're the handful of people that are helping people um and offering the virtual services as well the movement center as well obviously because people are shielding you know mm-hmm. and shielding is, is is really important obviously you can't have human contact so you're saying you're using Zoom and you're using um, the, the technology around you. How do you tackle that with someone that's got dementia and can't understand, but yet cannot have somebody physically in the room to do it, set it up for them? Uh, was, that, was that a big challenge for you? Well, the people that we support that have got dementia tend to, by, by definition, are not living by themselves. So they are living with a carer. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So, they, so they'll have somebody caring for them. So, so that's the way in. So, so we do it with the, with, with the carer. Um, what I think is really interesting with, with Zoom, though, and, and other technologies is that there's been a big issue, not, again, not just, in, not just in Shrewsbury, not just in Shropshire, but nationally, about um, this phrase, digital exclusion. So, you know, lots more and more services, shopping, banking, you know, local authority mm-hmm. services, where you're going to have to do it online. And so digital exclusion has been a, is a really big issue for older people, older people who are not used to do yes. stuff online, yes. maybe haven't got the tech. If mm-hmm. they've got the tech, they're scared of it, blah, blah, blah. Now, six months ago, that was a massive issue. It's still a big issue now, but I think that one of the positives that's come out of COVID is that a lot of people have had to embrace this technology. Mm-hmm. And they've and a lot of people have got used to having the weekly Zoom quiz with their family or whatever it might be, you know. So we feel now that we're almost pushing against a slightly open door now when it comes to trying to increase uptake amongst older people of digital technologies. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, we think of code as being all negative. They're, they're, they're having, I think, I think this will be one of the positives that will come from it will be this much you know, more acceptance, if you like, that some stuff is going to be done digitally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And diff- different ways of connecting with people. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there, of course, there are older people who don't have the technology and we want to help them to understand how to use it, how quickly and how easily it, it can be used and, and actually can provide a real benefit in terms of well-being. So that's a, a nice a nice project that we're, we're working on at the moment. And I think for anybody, uh, technology takes a while to learn to use anyway i mean last night i was i was broadcasting with um uh jackie jordan who's um somebody who runs something in new york uh, called tv guest but it was her 50th birthday so she invited lots of people along uh, and it was at the uh, the muscle shoals community theater the very famous uh, place mm-hmm. where Rufus franklin did her thing uh you know it was really nice we got to see the band and everything and there was a, a guy who had the, the, the mandatory under nose shot it just keeps beeping at me and he's tapping his phone <laughs> and the camera's on and you could see his finger tapping 
tapping the the, the, the the screen and I'm just like, oh, bless him. So I had to sort of help him sort of get set up. Like, it just keeps beeping at me. Like, you know, it was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. But that is the <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have you should have seen our, our first staff meeting we did by Zoom. Oh, it was so funny. Was so funny. And Kev was hosting it. So he's going... Right, yeah. Can you just make sure you're on mute? And then, of course, there's a dog barking, my Labrador, usually, when the postman comes. <laughs> then another dog barks. Then, of course, all the dogs bark. Can, can, can I please just say, can everybody please just press mute? Can you be on mute? And then, of course, we would get introduced to speak. So Kevin say, right, OK, can, can you give us an update on fundraising? And, and then I'm on mute, so I'm going like this. <laughs> and Kev's going, no, you need to unmute yourself. And even though we've been using this technology for months now, we're all still doing it. We're all still yeah. guilty of it, aren't we? It's 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 a funny thing, especially that 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 thing that's going around my my box now, that yellow line. That's yeah. scary to people, you know. It's, it's say you're in a networking thing and you sneeze, and that yellow that yellow line. Goes, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> It's like, oh no, uh, uh, you know, you do something a little bit more embarrassing, like break the window or something. I don't know. <laughs> this is, um, but the, the, okay, it, it is funny to see that, but it's funny for everybody, and everybody's going for that same curve. Yeah. Um, but the beauty of this thing is that thing was in Alabama last night. The thing was in Alabama. There were people yeah. all around the world, and I had my mic off and my camera off while I was pottering around because this thing I was on there for a couple of hours. And my wife was just sat there, just listening to the Alabama accents, and she was just like, "Oh, it's beautiful. Oh. I love the accent, you know." And that's what this brings, right? So even absolutely, though, um, you bring everyone to the same position. You can all talk about uh, whatever problems you've got, and you offer a lifeline to people that are sh- away from uh, the yeah. community. Mm. It's, it's what we, I guess, what we got, in, what we've got to be careful about is that we don't end up going too far the other way. Because I think, I think you're absolutely right, Alex. I think it gives us, it gives us opportunities that we haven't had before to bring people together. What I don't want to happen is that this becomes like instead of human contact, instead of face to face meetings and groups and all the rest of it. I think it can enhance it, but it shouldn't be a substitute for it. If that makes sense. Absolutely agree. One hundred percent agree because um, I, I we've got a studio in the parade shops behind St Mary's, um, and I've just come back from there. I spoke to talk Tom, talk to Tom. I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram. He sits at coffee shops and he has a thing. Yep. Yeah, and I love I love the chemistry you get from physically interviewing people in the same mm. room. That for me is really important, and as well as you know. I'm feeding off energy to make an in- uh, an interview interesting. Somebody that might need a bit of a bit of empathy and a bit of love and a bit of support will also feel that if they're in person. So I absolutely mm. agree with what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, so you say you've evolved um, the, the the day centres. Um, what are you guys doing with them at the moment? Well, the day centres obviously are, are still not open, um, and. Uh, I think the problem with the day centres is it's very hard to, to do to, to have a socially distanced day centre. I mean, the whole point yeah. of the you know, the whole point of a day centre is you come together with fifteen or twenty people who are your friends, who are your mates. Okay, you sit around and you have a chat and you and you do stuff together, you meet together, and all the rest of it. Trying to do that socially distanced becomes very artificial. And uh, and also it means that we've got to limit the numbers as well. So then how do you select the numbers and all the rest of it? Then there's the problem of the venues. A lot of the venues we use tend to be community rooms and housing associations or village halls. A lot of a lot of landlords don't want their venues to be used at the moment. So that's that's another issue. So you know it's a real challenge. Um, 
And I think until, sorry, Catherine. I I was just going to say, Kev, about the the work that the volunteers are doing. So the the volunteers are run, aren't they, by the day centres? No, the day centres are the volunteers. (laughs) (laughs) We know what you mean. We know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) So what they're doing is they're visiting their day centre members, dropping off afternoon teas and little food packages. So they're still seeing them. And they're doing yeah. that off their own back, aren't they? It's just brilliant, honestly. We've had so many examples of this. Um, I mean, as, as Catherine said, you know, just completely off their own back, turning up with a, a fruit basket, say, you know, locally mm. sourced fruit, with a little note just saying, you know, you're not forgotten, we're still here. Um, there's a lady called Joan in Newport who runs the Newport Day Centre, and she's just brilliant. Every month she does something different. It's cakes one month, it's fruit the next, each time with a little, little poem that she's written for them. So, you know, this this community effort, you know, it, it's all it's organic it's just happened you know because people care about what they're doing and it's just you know that's been really remarkable to witness yeah it's it, it is beautiful um what about social media have you guys been using social media i mean that's difficult again i guess um, a lot of um technological aspects to that that is quite difficult but at the same time a place where people can meet and talk amongst each other yeah, I mean, we, we've been using social media for, for a number of years in terms of promoting the work that we're doing, yeah. um, you know, doing some clips and case studies, um, talking to service users, older people that we support. We want to do a lot more of that. Um, we think that, that there's certainly um, a need for us to do that. But I think we're also well aware that it tends to be family and friends that use social media so for us, it's it's actually how do we reach older people and those older people that are the most isolated, that yes. don't have the family and friends. That, and that's always going to be a continued challenge for us, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, it is difficult. I mean, like with this this show, I, I, I aim this, this show at a demographic that don't really listen to podcasts. I wanted mm. people um, that were of the older age that, that kind of aren't used to the technology. And I, I thought this is going to be a struggle but actually you know it's worked it's worked as the, the, our demographic is spread right across the board but mostly a lot of people that can't get out and about will enjoy the shoes with biscuit and listen to it so i'm so proud that we've been able to do that because that, that was that was a huge challenge for me because yeah. uh going from a, a show which was uh aimed for sort of like 30 year old geeks that probably still live with their moms <laughs> <laughs> to me to making a, a different show for that kind of demo, i feel like we, we kind of attacked attack that quite well um now, with with what's going on, obviously with, with COVID, um, funding I guess has been affecting you affected an awful lot. You haven't been able to go out and about. I mean, we I think Age UK and the Biscuit met last year. I believe um, one of one of my team went and met Age UK and did a little little crumb interview, I believe, um, and that's the first time we sort of met. That was at Stop Cafe, the museum. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so how it must have been really difficult for you this year not being able to get out and about shall I, shall I start and then hand over to Catherine yeah so, okay. so uh, yeah I'll let, I'll let Catherine talk about the fundraising bit I mean we um we're lucky I guess Alex in some ways compared to other charities and other age UKs and that we a, 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 a significant proportion of our income comes from contracts that we hold with the local authority and the NHS. And of course, what that's meant is that we've got some security and some 
um, some sustainability and stability, if you like, with our funding streams. So you know we're not we're not as badly off as we could have been, um, and the future is still you know we're very you know we're very clear that we're going to be okay. Certainly in the short to medium term, where we've been really hit, and this is what I handed to Catherine, has been the the discretionary income, the income that we get from grants and funds and fundraising and so on, um, and that's where COVID has really hit very very hard. Catherine. Yeah, like all charities, you know, all our fundraising events have been put on hold. Um, You mentioned about our 70th birthday this year. We had um, a whole nice two-year plan of everything we were going to do to celebrate our birthday and do lots of really good fundraising stuff. And sadly, that's that's been on hold. Um, We've still launched our Platinum Appeal, so we're wanting people to get behind us. We're um, encouraging people to take up a platinum challenge. I'm going to do a 10K run. Kev's going to cycle 400 miles. Wow. And, and he's going to raise loads of money. I can't believe you just, you're talking about stitching me up like a kipper. I haven't agreed, I haven't agreed to that at all. Well, it's on, it's on audio now, man. Yeah, I know, exactly. I know, I know, I know her game, Alex. I know her game. So if you outrageous. see Kev on his bike out and about, give him a wave. Yeah. He said he wanted to get he wanted to get fit. Well, you know, he's got a bike. So I didn't mention what? 400 miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am planning to get this show out um, very quickly. I want to get this out on Monday. Um, so what I want to do is, um, is there a hashtag for that? Or is it, is it, can people send videos in for you? Because, or, you know, sponsor forms that people can access to, just to raise a bit of money? Because I would yeah. love, I'd love to open this to our listeners and see if, if you can do something. If you can, I don't know, run, run 10K or if you can do something really nice, do a, do, a, do a Captain Tom, do a few laps around your garden or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we're coming from, Alex, because we, we need to make it um, accessible and as flexible as, as we can, really. So you can you can run in, in your garden. I was doing that, actually, because we, we've been shielding, um, and uh, I was running up and down the garden. When you look on Strava, it looks like I've gone a bit mad because the, the Strava <laughs> thing looks crazy. <laughs> but... Uh, so you know you can do it in your park you can do it basically anywhere you feel most comfortable you can walk up and down the stairs you know 500 times whatever you want to do we just want to give people the opportunity to fundraise for us get behind the work and the, the fantastic work that our volunteers are doing to support older people and you can do that in any way shape or form um we had one of our uh, fundraisers jump out of a plane Obviously, not everybody needs to do that, but she raised nearly a thousand pounds because wow. she had. I saw that. She'd saw actually, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you see, her family had benefited from the support that we'd we'd given them. Mm-hmm. So very often, there tends to be people raising money because they had 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 some direct benefit from the help that we've provided, and and that's all we're saying is, look, please encourage your family and friends to take up a platinum challenge doesn't matter how big or how small it is it you know it's, it's all gonna help i like that i really like that and seriously listeners get in touch um i want to see if you've got anything i'm thinking of something you mentioned stairs and i'm thinking oh i've got stairs where i live maybe i can genuinely do something um what do you reckon uh, with, uh, with uh what's it three two floors stairs maybe i can like go up the same amount of stairs as the Empire State Building or something in a, a, a well, yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. As yeah. Quick as time Anything as like that. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, one of our volunteers from our information and advice team, so he decided to um, sit on a, a rowing machine and he did the, the distance of the London Marathon on a rowing machine in a weekend. Nice. Brilliant. Mm. That'd be really cool. I, I, I used to hate the. I was really good at rowing, but the thing is, whenever I'd come down, my knee would make a weird click sound. It wouldn't affect it or anything. It, so I'd hit click, even when I was in music, click, click, click. And I was just like, okay, let's, let's not do this. It's reminding me that I'm, I'm getting, sure old, that. getting old now. That's not good. No. Uh, That's not a good sound. No. Yeah. Listeners, please, uh, is there a hashtag? Is there, is there something that people can hashtag on it? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, Catherine's like, no, you put me on the spot. What the- <laughs> <laughs> um, let me have a look. It, uh, presumably, as hashtag platinum challenge. Platinum challenge, I think. Yeah, that would be, obvi- be obvious, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, let me but all this stuff's on our website, Alex, as well. So, and, and our Facebook page and our Twitter page, yep. etc. <clears throat> it's all there on all the social medias. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Go on, sorry. I'll send it to you, Alex. Yeah, please do. I will. I will. I'm going to do what I'll do is I'll do do a little promo video. Hi, this is Alex from the Shoesby Biscuit. Would you like to help? (laughs) Don't 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 do that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, that's my. We're trying to attract people. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this is a great idea. I'm thinking of doing something. Um, Yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll get back okay. to you guys. Okay. I, I do want to well, do I, I, so our chief exec Heather and our chair of trustees Sue, they're going to walk up the reeking on this on our seventieth birthday, which happens to be the eleventh of November this year. Brilliant. Now, of course, um, the old days of of collecting sponsorship money is probably over now. While we're doing this, you know, we used to collect form and then go around and collect money. Are people using like GoFundMe things like that for for you guys? Is there a GoFundMe you'd like to? Put yeah. It? Um, we've got just giving, just giving page. So uh, AGK Shop Shelf and Reekin Platinum Challenge. There's um, a just giving page we've set up specifically for our 70th birthday and the, and the platinum appeal. So anybody can link to that. Um, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for people to donate. So you can do it online. You can uh, do a text to donate as well. Um, and ultimately, if people just want to write a check and post a donation to us at marble gardens then we'll happily process that too uh and is there a pack people can download or anything uh with like forms or anything is there any because some people yeah yeah it's yeah all on our, our website Fantastic. so um they can visit um agk shropshire health and Reekin, uh website and it'll be on there fantastic i think this is a great idea get the biscuit involved let's see what you guys can do yeah. uh, i know there's uh, a lot of people that listen to the, the biscuit that you know quietly sit there and listen to the show don't really get in touch i see you i see you um <laughs> this is your time to shine guys okay so you're listening to this you might be able to help because i know there are a lot of charities that really do appreciate any kind of help they can get at the moment because they, they can't go out and about and I'm, i don't know what kev says you know the majority of of your income comes from contracts and things like that. But when it comes to funds and to grants, things like that, the people that give the grant money can't make the money because they can't go out and get the money. So it's just a, an odd situation. You can help, yes. you can help people, you know. It's it's certainly a, a challenging time for us. And as a, as a fundraising team, we're trying to think of innovative ways to fundraise. We're really fortunate that we've got a group of volunteers in the north of the county, North Shropshire Supporters Group, 
and they they fundraise over over the year for us. Um, and there's a hugely supporters group as, of which Kev's involved in. And you, you know they generate about ten twelve thousand pounds every year for us. Again, because of COVID, all of those sort of plans have been put on hold. So we're trying to just think creatively in terms of what we what we can do to engage our supporters, get people to to donate to us. The North Shropshire Supporters Group did a um, dog and cat competition. So that was quite fun. They got that, you know, sort of categories were uh, dog who looked like their owners. There was that category. <laughs> nice. um, can, I just, can I just, sorry, can I just interject here? It was a photography competition. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was a picture of the dog, wasn't it? But they were after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just to clarify um, that. <laughs> yeah. Photography competition. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the cute, cute puppy competition, cute kitten competition. So, you know, they raised about £350 for that. Nice. We did it all online. So like every charity, we're, we're just dipping our toe in the water a little bit and trying things. And I think, again, yeah, as a result of COVID, we're having to change. We're having to be innovative. And I think this is forcing us as fundraisers to think differently. And that's no bad thing, you know. We need to be challenged. So um, it's... It's quite an, quite an exciting time for us, I think, as, as fundraisers. And, and I'm part of the Institute of Fundraising. And everybody's saying, yeah, you know, this is a really difficult time for us, but, but let's embrace it because it, it presents other opportunities that perhaps we would never have ever explored before. And I think that's the difference between sort of charities and, and, and companies, businesses that stand the test of time, isn't it? You know, I mean, this isn't meant as a negative thing to say to people that have been washed out of business because of the floods or uh, COVID and, you know, we lost Button and Bear, which is, an, I, I always use that as an example because Button and Bear was such a sound company, you know, yeah. but like to the people that haven't been able to adapt and haven't been able to go, right, okay, we've got a problem. Let's find the solution. Um, yeah. The people that find the solutions and can, can adapt are the people that stand the test of time. You guys are 70 years old. And the point of me saying about, you know, further problems, that, you know, back way when is because there are problems that people face. Um, and, and, you know, you guys seem like you, you're, you're on the ball. And I really do hope it pays off for you. I really do. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Um, this has been great. And I would love to. We have uh, <laughs> we had this idea for about a year now. We've never really uh, we've never really solidified on it. We've never really moved forward with it. But I really do want to even if I bring in an extra biscuit here to do it. So Shane came up with this idea. It was like four o'clock in the morning. He rang me. He was like, I've got this great idea for the, sh- the biscuit. And I was like, Shane, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Not at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, and it was uh, something called Memoirs of a Salopian. And the idea okay. is to to speak to the the, the Silver Age generation of the uh, of of Shrewsbury, and talk about the places they used to work, the schools they went to, the pubs they used to drink in. Talk about their life way back when, so that people can go, "Oh my God, that was that then." Oh, I remember that teacher. Oh, I, I used to work in that warehouse. You know things like that. And we wanted we wanted to sort of reach out and sort of find people that have got interesting stories. So maybe you guys can help us with that. You know? We definitely, definitely can. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think, you know, over the course of a year, we you know, were in contact with about 20,000 or 25,000 older people across Shropshire and Telford. Amongst, the, amongst that number, you're going to get some great stories, really great stories. Even so, if it's over Zoom. I mean, I'm very, very happy to help with that. Yeah. I, I would preferably like to sit there with a cup of tea and, and yeah. to do this in person because I think, <clears throat> there you go. You know, it's a person coming to visit you with a microphone. 
is what happened you know that's quite nice but if we have to start over zoom and then adapt yeah. like you guys have then yeah i would love to speak to you guys i'm further on that because you know those stories was oh granddad's talking about the war again or you know those are the stories i want to capture because eventually they'll disappear you know mm. that that's important so mm. yeah maybe this will come in into uh into be a thing soon yeah. sounds good yeah mm. You guys have been amazing to to talk to. Thank you so much for giving me uh, your time today. Um, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been great, Alex. Can I just give the platinum challenge one more last? Please clap? do. Every, okay. I was going to say this is your moment. I'll give you a moment on that step. Step away from the mic. You do your thing. You go. Okay, so we want everybody to get behind us to celebrate our seventieth birthday. Please take a, a platinum challenge and raise funds for older people in your community. So the hashtag is hashtag. Uh, platinum challenge and you can also text to donate platinum to 70480 to donate five pounds thank you <laughs> nice <laughs> nice it was like you practiced that catherine <laughs> that was the bit you get on uh children in need isn't it yeah, that was that was impressive yeah really what no genuinely oh. Please, like yeah. like that was mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Um, anything you do donate will go into the Shropshire pot, I guess. You know, and, and it will right. stay in local. Um, so please do. I really want. I want. To, I want to start something. I want to start like a, a, a biscuit age UK movement. Sort of. This is what we did. That'd be We're cool. right. Yeah, we're up for that. We'll, we'll be with you, Alex. <laughs> up for that, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so before we we sign off for this episode, actually, first of all, uh, social media. Where can people find you? Um, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're on facebook and twitter and we've got a great website uh if you if you just search agent yeah, yeah. Just, exactly you'll you'll get us yeah yeah fantastic um okay so i want to say uh, a huge thank you to i am making an advert this is like the third show this week where i've said i'm, I'm making an advert because um chris goff who's helping me um create uh something like the biscuit we're going to turn it into a cic uh something that's a bit more official so a big a huge thank, thank you to chris goff from cgr business solutions limited um he has been amazing he's helped helped me fill out the forms because when it comes to this show I this is this is what I'm best at this and the editing, you know. Um, so to to be able to be a, a something official really means a lot to me. So thank you, Chris, for that. Um, I would like you to visit our website as well, guys, which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. Uh, all of our audio is available on that website, and it's made for us by our friends out Web Orchard. If you need a website, go and check them out. They're, they're fantastic. Um, and this episode isn't brought to you by the parade shops, but usually it is. Uh, if you are behind St. Mary's, there is a brilliant little shopping center there um, called the parade shops. Go and have a look. It's a fantastic. There is so much going on there that everything changes week by week. The shops there are fantastic. And there's an amazing cafe there too, uh, the Riverview. Oh, this is getting, that's getting quite a bit at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I might need to break that out. Oh, just... yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Catherine, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Oh, thanks, Alex. Thanks, Anytime. thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, we will good. catch you guys next uh, next time. Peace out. Thank you. Bye.